I feel like the age where people start drinking wine is probably the same age as people start drinking coffee. Drinking coffee, yeah. Maybe you're just less impressionable, bro. Maybe people don't actually like wine and coffee, but we've just convinced ourselves that we do. We have like to. 22 or whatever. And you've just stood fast going, no, nah, I'm good. Not for me. What we do here is go back, 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 back. And we are back. And we're back. And Rose and Brews podcast. Get a little title sneak in there. We haven't been doing it, but get it in there early, I say. No, we have to. I think people, if, if you don't already know what you're clicking on to, you should by now. You should by now. No excuse. We've got one in the first 20 seconds. How you going, bro? How are you? Yeah, good, bro. Good. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little tired due to a six-day six working week um, with a few extra little big bits. Um, but I, I am feeling good. Uh, uh, this is definitely an energizing part of my week. Uh, so happy to be here. Well, what, what about what about you? Yeah, good. We've returned to, we should say, uh, a normal Friday afternoon broadcasting. It's just, just coming up 2.30. Mm-hmm. Um, good, man. Looking forward to the weekend, as as I tend to do normally. I, I'm, I like that we're back on Fridays. Friday afternoon yeah. is, is the best time to record because I feel like we've got it all ahead of ourselves, you know? Yeah, exactly. We've got, yeah, we've, we've got time and yeah, I mean, well, Fridays are, I mean, it's my day off, so it works well for me. Yeah. Friday, Saturday off. I mean, if you've got to work a five day week and, and retail, it's pretty, it's pretty, that being said, you've just worked a six day stretch and that I is have. brutal. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this weekend might hold off from the rain after what has been kind of a disgusting week everywhere in yeah, New Zealand, it sounds everywhere. like, I'm pretty sure it's meant to rain. So currently looking out the window it's looking all right but um yeah i mean you you say that but up here in auckland i'm just like rain 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 we still need as much as we we can get up here yeah that drought man yeah you guys are just what's that movie you're like that character in shawshank redemption just (laughs) just running outside whenever it rains get it on your knees just turning skyward and just Mm -hmm. on your barker's work attire just thankful 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 that h2o Hey man, I got a little question for you. Yes, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly different tack this week, but you know we've got to tap into all, all areas of the psyche and oh, personality and stuff. My question for this week is this: If you weren't an actor, and you couldn't be an actor, and you couldn't fall back on retail, what do you think you would do for a career? What's your Okay, to, just to just to specify, is this like not a childhood? When I grow up, I want to be this. But if if I couldn't do the things that I want now with the skill sets that I have, what would I want to be doing? Or yeah, what would what, so, what would the other direction have been if I didn't do acting? No, I think I'm more interested in not like a practical. What's your plan B? I'm not not I'm not coming at it from that perspective. But it's just like. Mm-hmm. What's your sort of little side skill set that you think, actually, you know what, if I had to, I think I could do this. Like, you can oh, go yeah. do more training or or mm-hmm. you can go back to university or you can... Com- but right here, right now, if suddenly someone said, yeah, a- acting as an industry, we're going to get rid of it and also clothes shops, we're gone. What would What would interest you a little bit? Like, what would you be interested to be like, you know what, I could find some some eagerness to do to do this? Hmm. That's a very good question because really all I think about is creating mm-hmm. and retail. Um, ooh, I mean, like there is part of me that's always wanted to teach mm-hmm. um, just because I believe us and, you know, um, helping the younger generations move forward in this world. I think it's important for us to pass on what we know. Um and especially in education and, and, and certain things. I mean, whether I was teaching theatre or acting and stuff like that, that would be pretty cool. But, I mean, I don't know. I'd probably, yeah, I, I mean, I'd probably want to go down some sort of, not necessarily like teaching, but like educational um, pathways. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not, that's a good question. Um, because instinctively, I actually wanted to say, like architecture, like architectural design. Oh, yeah, it's what I see, was going to. I could see you doing that. I think the mm. way that I now know your brain works with with fashion and aesthetic and visuals, mm. I could mm. see you 
go go and again this is just hi- it's hypothetical not yeah, back yeah, to yeah. union study architecture but i could <laughs> see your brain working in a design-based industry mm. you know yeah it was it was what i wanted to do before doing theater before i decided i was going to make that that i don't know that leap i guess yeah um but yeah i was doing i was getting all prepared to do it while i was at high school really and all of us yeah yeah and then all of a sudden in that final year i was like nah i want to do theater i like this i'm good at it let's, wow. let's just keep going with this yeah i didn't want to disclude the like the childhood what were you what were you interested in I, mm. I'm, I, mm. it's not that I'm, i didn't i just didn't want you to come out and do the whole like uh, all black, but I don't know. If yeah, that, yeah, I don't know if that was part of your your childhood. No, it, no, but it was. It'd be uh, at least like getting really high up in the rugby all the way through high school. It was a big thing for me. Um, and then I started to look realistically more on architecture. And then literally in my final year, I was like, Nah, frick it! I'm gonna I'm gonna go do theatre because that was my other big passion. So, what was it about architecture that appealed to you? Like. I was really good at graphics, like right. graphic design and all of that kind of stuff. Draw, not necessarily like freehand drawing, but, um, you know, rulers and, you know, shapes and all of that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. And I just loved, yeah, being able to design, design stuff. And then interior design was something that actually really interested me as well. So I wanted to kind of just put all of that together and how can I create a structure that's going to best fit stuff that's inside yeah. it as well. So yeah. that's, that's so cool, man. Recently, I, um, I was at a dinner and, and there was a friend there that I hadn't seen for quite a number of years. And she said that she now works as a uh, kitchen interior designer, like cool. specifically with kitchens. And yeah, yeah, that was my reaction. I was like, that's an awesome job. Yeah. Every, yeah. I, I feel like everyone has an appreciation for good kitchens. And I said to her that having been back and doing the whole like trade me properties and just looking at flats in Wellington, that kind of thing, just looking at the number of terrible kitchens and how mm. a flat can mm-hmm. be good, mm-hmm. but then they, so many of them have terrible kitchen layout and not enough bench space. I said to her, man, you know what? That would be an awesome job. Yeah. And yeah. I think that hasn't directly led to this question, but I feel like we're at the age of our life now where we have enough friends and acquaintances who've spread into different fields mm-hmm. that every mm-hmm. so often someone will say to me, this is what I do for a job. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know <laughs> that was a profession, but of course someone has to be doing that specifically. Yeah. I That's mean, the, I, well, I mean, I, I, ju- I judge people's houses as soon as I walk into them. Really? I, yeah, I do. I'm really interested to see what people's houses layouts and how they have to live and stuff. And, and when me and Rachel are watching, you know, like design shows um, yeah. on TV. I'm always like, oh, I would not have put that there. Uh, nah, that would have gone way better on this side. Like, <laughs> wow, that's fascinating because my brain doesn't work like that. Like, oh, I know, yeah. I, I know what I like in a house mm. in terms mm. of like kit, kitchen space specifically, and from an interior perspective, I can go, oh, those like colors please me, or those mm. couches please me. But from a structural sort of spatial perspective. I don't have that when I just walk in and I feel like that's kind of that aspect of your brain that, yeah, you might develop if you study architecture and you might improve upon it, but that's something that at some stage years ago, your brain was just like, Oh, I can see how this space could be used better or how it could be Mm. optimized. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. That's so cool, man. I didn't, I had absolutely not, I didn't know that you were into architecture before school. Well, welcome, welcome to what I used to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me well, wrong; I still I'm not, think about. I'm not steering you away from from acting, but I'm just just curious. Um, I think uh, honestly, I think if acting didn't go the way I wanted it to, I might potentially look at going back and doing design and stuff. Yeah, I mean, for the so for the record, uh, my response to the question, mm. um, I've always had a passion for food, like yeah. ab- above the level of people that like going out and eating like i know that you're someone that that likes going out and eating you like good food you have strong opinions on food um see earlier episodes of the podcast for living proof of that but yeah i've always (laughs) liked cooking and there was Mm. definitely a period of time when i was younger that i liked the idea of being a chef and i think i've always bought into the row like the romantic aspect of being a chef like ratatouille as one of my favorite movies there's something about that and and as i've got older i've appreciated uh everything that goes into creating food but i think at some stage growing up i realized that you know 
chefs have an an incredibly tough profession. The hours are long. You spend a lot of time away from families. If you're in a night service restaurant, it's a lot of, you know, late Mm. nights. The pay is not particularly good. Um, Yeah, strangely, that was quite a, like a responsible decision growing up whenever mm. i made that you know i never i never got to the point where i considered you know training at le cordon bleu or or anything like that but yeah but yeah over the last few years i think having worked in hospitality probably similar to you in retail mm. there have been times where i've been like oh, if i just could open my own place i would run it this way like yeah, why I, are we doing yeah, things yeah, like yeah. this you know what everyone leave let's build this from the ground up let's build the menu this way this is how many things we need this is what the price point should be and there's still a little bit of me that every so often i I return to that and even though i'm not i'm not planning for that like as a as a backup career or anything down that margin it is something that in the back of my head i'm like you know what there is enough interest there and i Mm. think enough fulfillment could come out of it and you know once every couple of months i'm like oh i would just love to do to do that um that's cool and then i think the other the other thing that i think i would be good at but i don't know if i would enjoy would be marketing like i think the more i've the more i've sort of grown up and and realized sort of where my skill set lies with like i don't know social media or you know selling products or just being yep. able to write things this is a terrible cv <laughs> no, but, here yeah, right now. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like marketing is something that i could do but i'm not all that interested in in just marketing random products you know yeah. i think it would have yeah, to yeah, be yeah. something stuff that, I was, that interests you yeah something that i was that i was interested in but yeah who knows maybe we need to start a little well i've we'll just bowl down a building you can build the cafe structure and i'll i'll fill it with and a, you'll fill it okay I'll cool f- yeah cool man sweet we'll right. become anarchists let's do it yep oh little side project there uh we'll keep the podcast going and it'll probably change to a sort of food slash interior design discussion but you know we're versatile <laughs> we're happy to move it along yeah exactly speaking of moving it along um yes today's main main topic is brews more widely, Brews. alcohol as a whole. Yeah. Um, I've just cracked a, a Moa Brewing Company Station IPA. Nice. 4.8% alcohol, 330 mils. Uh, described as a session IPA with an upfront aroma of a tropical citrus fruits and a medium malt body. Ooh. And I can confirm that it tastes like beer. What about you? Yeah, uh, I've just opened a, a, a Max Interstate uh, American Pale Ale. Uh, it is 330 mils and 5% alcohol uh, on the... I really like Max. They have a quench to savor, savory, savor, savor. That's the word. Sorry, brain fart there. Quench to savor, uh, and it's on a it's on a five, which is more close to the savor option uh, in in your palate, which I quite like and can confirm. It is my it is one of my favorite everyday beers. So that that just launches us in. Um, I wanted to just ask you to start out. What like what you go to? Is it this here right now? Uh, it, at the moment, because I've I've definitely had fleeting moments with different beers and different years and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, at the moment, Interstate is probably one of my favorites. Um, it's not my favorite, and if I can buy it every time, uh, but if I was just to pick up a box in the supermarket, it'd be Max Interstate. So Matt, Matt and I thought, you know what? We've got Bruce in the title. We've been going for over a month now. It's about bloody time that we talk about brews. Mm. Alcohol, different kinds, different types, our opinions, how they differ. And that, so this, this is where I thought we should start out. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what's your, like, your middle of the road, you know, popping into a supermarket, you're getting that. It sounds like. It's this. What you're drinking right now is that. Yeah. yeah. So do you have a a favorite singular beer? Because yes. for me, my middle of the road is the Max Three Wolves. Like oh, ooh, twenty. Ooh. I think it's mm. twenty four bucks for twelve. You know, if I'm gonna buy a a box of beers, it'll be that. Yeah. But my my favorite singular beer is mm-hmm. the Parrot Dog Bitter Bitch IPA. Bitter Bitch. But oh. I don't tend to buy that in in bulk but if i went to yeah. a bar and i was just buying a bottled beer or someone offered me a singular beer yeah better would definitely be my number one 
Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to... Oh, okay. Bitter Bitch is my favorite, but I'm exactly the same. If I was to go to a bar or go to a place and they were selling Bitter Bitch, like that would probably be my go-to because it's everywhere. Um, but my, my favorite drink is actually uh, Garage Project Pernicious Weed. Pernicious Weed. Pernicious I've had Weed. It before. Yeah. Is it it's a the- it's a double hopped IPA, I believe. Um and it's it's very hoppy. Um and but I I don't know, for some reason it is just my, my favorite favorite taste. Mm. But it's not my everyday beer. Yeah. But if I was to treat myself, it'd be a pernicious weed. And what's your what's your cheap and cheerful? Cheap and cheerful? Whether it's one, six, Ooh. twelve, like for whatever reason you just decide I'm not you know, I'm not going to spend on on a max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, my cheap and cheerful uh, back in the day during uni was um, uh, Wild Buck. Wild Buck, really? Wild Buck, it was. You, I, did, I used you to, did love a Wild Buck, I hey? did. Yeah, man. I loved a Wild Buck, and I loved the questions that came with it I as well. I can picture us sitting on a couch together. <laughs> 2015 yeah that's exactly the year (laughs) sitting on it you popping just popping it off asking a question yeah i'm like great matt finish your beer get to the next one i'm ready for some trivia (laughs) yeah that's exactly what we did we we turned it into a trivia game during which is funny that i I associate trivia beer trivia with wild buck more than than tui Mm. yeah Um, no true well I, i um you may remember but um I used to have a whole tin full of Tui caps. You did. I Big kept tin. them. Yeah, I kept them. And then some wild buck ones as well. Um, and so during some parties, I'd pull it out and I'd be like, question! And everyone would pay attention and have to answer the question. And oh, whoever look, answered it, everyone else had to drink. You got you got a strong projecting voice, so people couldn't couldn't speak oh. over that. Oh, Sorry. No, no, no. I, I in mean, a good way. I, yeah, okay, good. No, Maybe I, mean, I should be a quiz master. Actually, I, I've always yeah, wanted to be a quiz master. You, you, you should be. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I never used. To, I never drank Wild Buck that much, but I used to be on a Facebook page that was called. Uh, I won't reveal the name. People might go looking for it. Very private. It was a Facebook page <laughs> associated with a sort of Wild Buck, mm. and people used to just comment Wild Buck like drinking challenges. Ooh. Um, this was probably like 2014, 2015, and they used to just sort of name them like, you know, finish 12 wild buck before 12 o'clock and you call call yourself that. And I feel like this probably lends itself to what I want to talk about later on in terms of New Zealand's drinking culture. But my cheap and cheerful is still Hollandia. You can only Uh, get them in six. They have the, the terrible dolphin killer plastic on the top. Um, six beers they're always about ten dollars it just goes down like an imported cheap lager i had them a couple of fridays ago and they just they do they do the job in the way that i find a lot of other cheap beers after two i'm like wow this really tastes awful i'm done yeah 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 yeah. i mean but we've all but we've all gone through that phase though we've all gone through that phase of just buying it for the sake of buying it yeah and so how how do you feel about non-beer like i really associate you as a beer drinker i mean yeah good association do you i wanted to get your opinion on on everything i mean i guess we start with wine like do you ever drink wine no strong no Nah, i don't man Uh, uh, rachel loves a wine uh and so does my mum as well but for for me i just I haven't been able to do it. The only times I've ever drunk wine is because you've had to take it in for corkage at a BYOB. Like, that's the only yeah. time I ever really drink cheap. But, I mean, wine at all. And it's cheap, which isn't even nice. But even nice wine I don't like. The only time I like wine is in food. <laughs> you you put it Very in. Posh. Put it in. You reduce it down. Add some depth and flavor into it. But I, other than that, I don't like drinking wine. I mean, you can't fault the cooking tips, folks. Yeah, and I feel, I feel like you are one of the few people I know that actively dislike wine. At this stage, <laughs> I feel like most people that I know are happy to drink some kind a of dabbling. Wine. Like it might not be, yeah. might not be their their favorite, but mm. I wonder why that is. Like, because well, you say uh, your mum, your mum likes wine. Yeah, my mum loves wine. Oh, sorry, mum, not like that, but she's not like you know, but she likes wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, my parents are 
a strong wine drinkers. Like, yeah, yeah. Dad, Dad likes beer. Mum basically only drinks wine. So uh, I yeah. feel like it was inevitable at some stage that I would get to the point of wine where I am now, which is I like white wine a lot more than red. Mm. Um, Chardonnay is definitely a go-to. People give me grief about it. Didn't know that Chardonnay was considered a, a grandma type white. But you know what, folks? <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to put it out there. I do not like Sav. Sauvignon Blanc, mm-hmm. disgusting. Spent two years in the UK with people being like, oh, you're from New Zealand. You must like Sav. Obviously not speaking in a New Zealand nope. accent. That was a, a terrible impression <laughs> of of the the British people. But yeah, people assumed that I would love Sav. And I'm like, no, I hate no, it. It's disgusting. Not happening. Yeah. Chardonnay, big fan. Could go for a Riesling. Uh, Pinot Grigio, get me over the line. Red wine, I, I like it, but I just struggle to drink it with any kind of like volume like if you mm. if, if you sat me down with a small glass of red wine at a restaurant i'd probably enjoy it but i don't know how people just manage to like chop their way through a bottle yeah. of red wine yeah see i can confirm i've never ordered a wine at a restaurant before ever never never, never. wow i mean good for you for sticking to your guns don't Thank you don't I like what i like don't cave into what society says that you should like yeah this is a, a side question to this topic. It's not alcohol, but like I don't, I don't like coffee either. Oh, really? Do you think that has any relation to the wine, or is it just that I don't know? Because I mean, coffee is obviously quite bitter. Some people love it. I just, I can't drink coffee either. And has that got any relation to me not liking wine? I reckon there's correlation there. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell you what it is, mm-hmm. but I, th- I think probably there is something something there in terms yeah. of areas of your taste buds and and like i feel like the age where people start drinking wine is probably the same age as people start drinking coffee. drinking coffee yeah maybe you're just less impressionable bro maybe people don't actually like wine and coffee but we've just convinced ourselves that we do we have like to 22 or whatever and you've just stood fast going no nah, i'm good not for me Hey, if you're, if you're out there listening and you don't like wine or coffee, please hit me up and let me know so I'm not alone in this. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded like a, a cruel laugh. I'm sure... I know there... I know you are people. alone. Yeah, you're alone, bro. Um, I bet... Yeah, I bet there are people. Maybe you could start a little, little club. A little, yeah, a we'll start a little... coffee club. Yeah, a non, non-coffee wine club. Yeah, what, I like it. What about cider, though? Oh, I love me a cider. You do yeah, like yeah, cider. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I love yeah, I love me a cider. At, at the same time, I mean same category as where, but I also I also really like a a sour beer as well. Mm-hmm. If I yep. don't feel like a beer, but I don't feel like a cider, I'll get a sour beer. See, I I'm there with you. Cider I used to drink a lot of and mm. now I can't. I mean, so in terms of growing up and how i was like first introduced to alcohol as i said mum and dad always always been like a a wine drinking household and being introduced to alcohol and as i was growing up was very much a at dinner do you want some wine the classic teenager uno (laughs) like absolutely not i don't know what age it started but you know probably maybe 11 12 30 you know mm-hmm. those that age when when you're offered wine you just think disgusting disgusting absolutely not and so at some stage within my teenage years i must have started saying yes and it wasn't like an immediate oh wine's what i want to drink but wine was probably white wine was probably what got me mm. started on alcohol and then cider specifically uh I presume they still make it. Isaac's pear cider. Oh, I know the one. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was like the first drink that I was like, oh, I Ooh, could drink I like could do four this of a these. lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think my I mean my drinking and alcohol development it was relatively late. Like I don't want mm. don't want to generalize the entire population of the country, but I didn't really start drinking until year thirteen. Like maybe once or twice wow. year twelve, like a few like production parties and yeah. But yeah, I I was never a sixteen or seventeen year old old drinker, and mm. I mean that's maybe related to a whole bunch of other social things. But mm-hmm. I know the some people that yeah. have really strong strong memories of of getting to know alcohol at like fifteen and sixteen quite yeah. strongly. I mean yeah. a. a 
what about you? Yeah, no. Is there I, a specific age group where you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just about to say I was uh, probably yeah around fifteen and sixteen when I started going to like parties and stuff. But like m- much with your experience growing up with it, my mum, you know, was always um not always. I keep on saying it bad. I'm trying. I'm not painting a bad picture for mum. No, um, we're not saying our parents do, no, are the heads, but no, you know, they no. like a drink. But they like a drink now. exactly. And my mum likes a wine, and I always used to see her drinking wine. I just remember that. Um, but mum's uh, ex-partners growing up as well um, had plenty of friends. So we were always going to parties and stuff like that. I was obviously, you know, underage and young. Um, and so I always used to see around drinking and it was just like a very communal, um, you know, that that's what I saw. Um, and then I remember I was at one party and I got handed a Tui. Uh, and a Tui was my, my, my very first uh, alcoholic beverage that I, um, that I finished. Sometimes not just tried. You're, sometimes you're finished. a soul of the earth New Zealander, eh? Sometimes oh, I just you come know, out with hey. stories and I go, that's a bloody Kiwi, eh? <laughs> um, and then uh, I remember moving, you know, started going to parties and stuff. And year 11, I think, was my first big um, party where everyone it was a birthday party. And I think I was drinking mm. Woodstock. Um, really? Yeah, I don't know why, but for some reason I just drink Woodstock and then I said to mum, I don't like this. Um, so then I started really all the way through like end of high school, year 13, I was drinking Corona. <laughs> really? So I was turning up at parties with a box of Corona, just like, Hey, what's up everyone? Hey, how you doing? I was going to say, I feel like the general trend of people starting drinking alcohol, you know, 17, 16, 17, 18, whatever, it tends to be sugar based. And I think mm. that's probably why no, I started I, off with cider. Yeah. And and you mentioned Woodstock. I feel like lots of people, obviously RTDs and Smirnoff yeah. ice, that kind of world. We, as kids, most kids crave sugar, and the the progression from you know, fruit juice and soft drink mm. and stuff mm. into like cider and sweetness. I think is is you know kind of to be expected, which is why I think cider at that age. I was like, yes, I can, I can drink this and enjoy it, and it doesn't yeah. feel like such a tran- transition. True corona i mean I, I guess it's relatively sweet on yeah the well and especially especially if i like pocketed a lemon to the party and i was in the kitchen just like hey everyone just chopping up my lemon pop gonna pop it in my corona kind of thing um classy classy cla- from an early age I, I i really was but then i remember i mean I, this may have been a question that you had coming but like what's your what's your worst what's your worst experience um so Oh, so you I have think, like a like if you put yeah, it in your I've mouth again, kind of. I think mm, my worst experiences have been generally mixing. Mm. I think is mm. generally a terrible idea, but I get worse. I get my worst hangovers from wine. I would say, mm. um, having just said I don't drink red wine, I <laughs> just had a memory that there was a BYO that I went to in like 2015 where somehow I managed to drink two bottles of Merlot. Oh my God. And I just think of that now and I'm like, how, how did you do that? That was a terrible experience. Uh, experiences of seriously mixing like champagne and, or some kind of bubbles and beer and spirits. Terrible idea. But in terms of what I, what I have not developed a taste for, it's still like whiskey, dark spirit stuff. Mm, mm-hmm. I haven't got there yet. And whereas I feel I could, I could do an evening on on a bunch of different drinks that I don't really like. The the dark spirits, specifically sort of whiskey, I couldn't do any kind of couldn't do any kind of volume of that. But also, yeah. but but bubbles like I can't really do it anymore. I think mm-hmm. it's because of that. I'm pretty sure you were there. Twentieth birthday party just went terribly oh <laughs> yeah there we are he's remembered uh yeah and i associate the sweetness of of champagne bubbles with that and i i just mm. can't drink it with any kind yeah. of any kind of volume which really i really struggled with when i was in bristol because they love prosecco there oh, true. which is like the italian version of of champagne but yeah yeah what about you is there something yeah I mean, you clearly don't like wine yeah, no, I don't like wine, but the thing is, is I don't have it often that I have like bad experiences with it. It's just, I just don't like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of thought it would go down the same route as, um, you know, our affiliation with spirits and stuff. Cause obviously yeah. there's some spirits that we like. I mean, I'm pretty sure every time that we've been out together, we've at least hit a few tequila shots or so. Tequila, um, just big yes. 
Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm the same. Like whiskey is definitely like my my um devil juice. Um, mm. every t- any time I want whiskey or, or or like dark brown, um, uh, spirits, I just I, I it's just not a good time. Um, but the big thing that does it for me actually, I think it was either year twelve or year thirteen ball. Um, and we were mixing vodka and Red Bull. Like the tra- the traditional vodka Red Bull, and it's probably the worst drinking experience. Hangover, didn't even get home. Experience I've 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 ever I've ever. I had. mean, I feel like every couple of years I see some articles where BuzzFeed or whatever is like, did you know that vodka Red Bulls is like as damaging to your system as cocaine? So I mean, not mm. that I'm saying those are true or not true, but clearly combining alcohol, which is a drug, yeah, and whatever's in Red Bull, Garana or, you know, Taurine Taurine or whatever, that's not good for your system. Mm. I mean, I can't really, I was going to ask you, I I can't really drink sugary RTDs. No, neither. No, I can't do it. Um, My kind of exception is wild moose. Oh, yes, I can't do that either. Once every like six months, there's a specific friend group that I will get together with and we'll we'll drink wild moose. But other Mm -hmm. than that, I... The thought of drinking, you know, Smirnoff Ice or anything with that amount of sugar content, oh, I think yeah. that's why I don't like drinking cider anymore. It's just, I find it so sugary and yeah. like coating yeah. your teeth and everything. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to have come back sort of having skipped out on two years of New Zealand drinking trends to discover all of the, the low sugar pre-mixed sort of cocktails that are here now, like Pals and and all that sort of what's what are the other ones there's pals and is it i can't remember there's no i don't know i don't pay attention to those kinds of drinks anymore with the sharks that everyone that everyone drinks yeah it seems to have been a real trend that everyone has uh kind of swung onto now the the gin or rum or vodka based drinks with like Mm. soda water and so so how do you feel about cocktails because i've whether they're made, whether they're made in you know a restaurant and you're paying seventeen dollars for them, or the idea of just mixing spirits with something else, no, would you ever do that? Cocktail is a bougie experience for me. Yeah, it's how I've always seen it. So if I'm going to like a cocktail bar for like a special occasion, then I'll knock back a few cocktails, kind mm. of thing. Um, I, I don't, I really don't have a preference when it comes to cocktails. If I'm looking at a menu and I like the sound of something, I'm gonna try it. That's cool. Yeah, I feel like I'm probably more limited. For me, it's basically tequila or rum based. I feel like mm, rum. Is I love the, a rum base. Yeah, rum is pretty versatile, and as we're clearly giving key undertones, we we <laughs> love a tequila. Um, I mean, we're prob- that's most of. You're clearly big, big on the beer, low on yep. the wine spirits. Yep. We feel similarly about. Mm-hmm. I I did discover a love of GNTs over the last few years, which is weird because I don't really like gin and I don't really like tonic water. But yeah. on a hot day, a GNT is is great. Yeah, um, well, I, I'm I'm currently staring at a, um, a Graham Norton pink gin uh, in my cupboard, which ooh. I've been. It's it's very lovely. Yeah, uh, Graham Graham Norton has done his own gin. Um, Look, Graham Norton wouldn't produce a drink that wasn't lovely and oh, I goes down easy. Yeah. But yeah, no, so I've been getting into a bit of gin and uh, Rachel loves it. Rachel loves a gin and tonic. Um, and yes, yeah, so I've slowly been getting through that gin lately. And so I guess that aside from reflecting on our alcoholic preferences generally, I wanted to get your two cents on, on how you feel about New Zealand's drinking culture, both now in 2020 and and growing up i know sort of we we give ourselves a lot of grief you Mm. know domestically about our binge drinking culture Mm. um it's interesting that internationally new zealand doesn't really have a repute you know people don't associate that with us so i think it's very much a within our own borders we feel that way about ourselves i mean how do you feel about your own consumption of alcohol now friends the country generally people younger than you i mean do you feel like we are as a country we maybe drink too much or do you think that on the whole actually we drink you know this the amount that you would expect anyone in any sort of western culture to i don't know just interesting general thoughts Mm, yeah i i mean i think from for me personally 
um, my relationship to drinking has like drastically changed. High school and uni, it really was just drinking just for the sake of of drinking and getting drunk and having a good time with friends. Like I didn't really have this. Oh, I just I feel like having one drink this afternoon just to kind of you know get a get a get a taste on the lips. Yeah. Um, whereas now, after finishing uni and working full time, um, I don't I don't really drink to get drunk anymore. Yeah. Um, I just drink to because I enjoy it. I enjoy the taste. I think with my palate, it's yeah, I can I can enjoy it a little bit more instead of just following everyone's lead. But I think I think that's the other thing as well with with us um, and our drinking culture moving on is is just the peer pressure. Yeah. Um, I going through high school, it was a really big thing. Um, that I saw a lot of the time, and something that I just felt like I had to keep up with everyone as well. Um. And yeah, so peer pressure to, to drink and actually consume these copious amounts of alcohol and standards that you, you know, you're with friends and you guys just getting each other to a state of just, I don't know, non-operation. The amount of times I've been in town and looked at people and been like, man, I'm glad I'm not that. Yeah. Um, is just crazy. So, I mean, do, do we have a problem here in New Zealand? I don't know. It's hard to tell. I mean... I, I, the funny thing is, is that, like you said, we've always talked about our um, New Zealand binge culture. It's something that we do. Yeah. It's ingrained in us. We we, we drink. Um, I mean, obviously, alcohol consumption can be what they sixteen. It's still sixteen, isn't it? Is yeah, right? I think so. Yeah, uh, and honestly, is it gone? Man, I don't I think it's gone. I, I can't remember. I mean, it's terrible that we're talking about this and we we don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty. I just I'm always pretty... associate twenty one, twenty one, twenty one with like America, but. Yeah, it, well, that, and that's just it. I mean, I, that's the thing I was going to talk on to. So I mean, you have to the, be 18 to purchase, but to, I think we're pretty loose as a country with if parents are providing it or yeah. parents are buying it for you. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's, and that's that's exactly what I had growing up. I wasn't buying it myself. My mum was providing it in a, mm. in a safe um, you know, manner. And then obviously when I became 18, I started buying it for myself and really started going for it. Um but I don't think, you know, we need to raise the age of purchasing or anything like that to 21 because much like a lot of illegal things that we do, people are still going to go out and sort it for themselves, yeah, for which sure. I think is more risky. So I think if you put the onus onto the people themselves and parents yeah. um, to actually talk to their kids and stuff and be like, hey, this is what this does, um, I think, uh, much like the um, legalization of um, marijuana coming later in the year. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's legalize it and then, you know, the government can take a little bit more control. And it's one of those things. It's like, I think if something becomes like cool and mainstream, a lot of people kind of tend to fall back off it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, there's been a lot of cases about um, drug addiction and stuff around the world. But I mean, same with alcohol as well. So I think it really comes up to environment um, and, you know, as us as New Zealanders, how we're raised um around around drinking and, and what parents you know are doing um around their children but also providing for their children and actually having these conversations and stuff so i mean do we have a problem i, I mean i think yes but I, I don't think it's necessarily as bad as what we think it may be um yeah yeah I think I, what's your probably, opinion probably similar to my well i just think it's it was interesting being living in a different country for a couple of years, particularly mm, living mm. in England, which is so similar to New Zealand and yeah. and the way that the society is, is structured and just the culture, frankly, basically I had no culture shock going over there. Mm. It, it feels very similar. I was, I was, I found myself quite constantly reflecting on the drinking culture in the UK and how it sort of compared to New Zealand, you know, and how it contrasted. And I think it's, it's both really similar. I'd say it's really similar in the amount of drinking that people do. Yeah. I think in the UK, the UK considers itself to be a binge drinking uh, sort of society in the same way that we consider ourselves to be a binge yeah. drinking society. Yeah. What's interesting is, you know, growing up in New Zealand, we never really think of, I mean, maybe some people think of like football hooligans or yep. or sports associated drinking, but yep. we don't grow up thinking, oh, the English, they love getting drunk. In the same way, no one that I ever met in the UK was like, oh, you're a Kiwi. You must be a, like an alcoholic or, or, or mm. you know, you must love 
binge drinking no one ever ever mentioned that but i feel like everyone from both both countries cultures are really self um reflexive with that yeah i think the differences in the uk is that the way that they uh shape drinking as a communal thing is quite different from here i mean pub culture in the uk is just insane it's so yeah. many pubs and tiny towns you'll have multiple pubs you'll have you know a street in a city where there's say 40 shops in a row and and six of them will be pubs like they mm. just mm. they love that communal atmosphere of of pints in particular like 500 yeah. i think it's an imperial pint is like 568 mils maybe compared to what we think of a pint here is only like three fifth 400 or something like that pint culture in the uk is crazy it's always shall we go get some pints shall we go to the pub it's like they want to be indoors inside having you know on the whole generally like relatively crap beer Mm. and there's a communal feel there which in new zealand is completely different like we don't have that i mean maybe in rural towns it might be different and maybe in older generations but for us i think i can happily say like we don't associate drinking culture with going to a pub to stay for a long amount of time like i I like doing that but i would i'd say our default is as people's houses people's flats Mm. and then what comes after that is generally clubs like the idea of dancing the idea of getting drunk in order to go to somewhere else and enjoy that experience because of being drunk whereas in the uk it's far more let's go to a pub and do the drinking here and i mean Mm. i kind of i didn't hate the pub thing but you end up spending a hell of a lot more money yeah well that's just it i would i would so rather be at a house party and drinking at home or someone else's place than go to town yeah i think here you know there's such a focus on on going to someone's house or their flat and buying something of your choice and whatever bulk you want and consuming that whereas in the uk it's it's a lot more everyone meets up in a place and you know goes buys across buys across the bar Mm. um which i think is is a really different culture like it doesn't mean that they're more social than us because obviously we're all meeting in you know flats and houses and stuff but i think maybe the limitations of a pub in terms of how often you can go and buy and how much money you're spending maybe lends itself to and the fact that frankly you know you have to be of age to get served drinks in a in a pub whereas Mm. in new zealand obviously if you're going to a party and you're 16 years old if you can you know get alcohol provided for you by your parents or you know illegally by someone else buying it for you maybe it's something to do with the fact that the setting that we drink in when we're you know young late teenage moving into university years maybe there's something about that that lends into peer pressure more mm. like mm. i mean it's hard to say because I, yeah. I wasn't 18 when i was in bristol you know i was 23 24 um but yeah i was i found that the drinking culture was was different and that i didn't go to very many flat events uh, lots of the time drinking was just done in pubs drinking mm. like 500 mils of a relatively average beer which <laughs> frankly i'm glad to be home and have a better range of of alcohol yeah. available yeah, to yeah. me i'm sorry the uk just on the whole terrible production of alcohol but yeah i think i think the culture is is really different here and it's it's been been interesting being back in wellington and going to you know a bunch of different flat events and and having drinks with mum and dad during lockdown and and seeing the way that we use drink as a as a socializing tool yeah i think is really different to um the uk and i imagine other you know western cultures i mean you just look at the states i think they have their own completely different um, drinking culture than we have in terms of whether i think like new zealand's drinking culture needs changing I'm not so sure. I think, like you said, it's really down to um, parenting and how you're introduced to to alcohol. Like, I, f- I think the way that I was introduced to it and the age I was introduced to it meant that I felt comfortable with the idea of drinking, but also I didn't get introduced to it at such an early age and didn't feel significant peer pressure to mm. really get into alcohol at a super... You know, young age but i'm sure 
everyone's family is different. Everyone's experience growing up with alcohol is different. I'm sure there there are some people that feel like they were introduced to alcohol too age or it, it was too easy to get their hands on. And I mean, we're obviously just two people. We can only speak about our own experiences. But when I like observe New Zealand drinking culture now, on the whole, I kind of think it's pretty standard. Yeah. But we're a product of the country we grew up in. Maybe in comparison to other other countries, it might be, you know, shocking. I don't know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and I mean, I think that's just one thing, you know, just to, just to speak to everyone out there that's listening now. It's, it's you know, alcohol is, it, like you were saying earlier, it is a drug. Yeah, you definitely know, it, a drug. It, it, it is a poison. So it comes up to us as individuals, but also, you know, the people that are around us watching us consume, um, you know, this drug and poison is to look out for each other. You know, drink driving yeah. is obviously a big thing that happens yeah. here as well. Um, yeah. And also, you know, people using it as a vice, um, you know, for mental health or, um, mm. you know, um, and, and, you know, just trying to get away from the world because it does, it does, it does do that. It, it affects us in, in ways um, away from normality, either in a good way or, or a bad way, whether you're trying to um, fight something with alcohol. So, you know, if, if you are out there and, you know, alcohol is, is doing something to you in your life and people around you have seen it, um, you can you can go and call helpline um, and, you know, get help and, and get advice when it comes to alcohol and drug um, addictions and things like that. So um, do use helpline um, out there if, if, if you, you feel like you, you need that because the support around you is, is there. Just, yeah. wanted to, just wanted to put that out there. No, that's... That's a great, great thing to to share, and I think sharing the message of of responsibility of of each other when it comes to to alcohol is is really important. And, and like with many of the topics we've talked about with our generation, and whether we choose to become parents or not, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it will be we the generation that we parent. I imagine will be have a completely different relationship with alcohol yeah, because. Yeah even if the psyche hasn't changed, I mean, we can't speak about what our parents were like as, as kids in our mm. age, but mm. the way that alcohol is, is produced and sourced and the price points of them and the range of that they're available, all that stuff is, has changed. So, I mean, who who knows? We may be a, a really irresponsible generation when it comes to, to parentage. I, I haven't had lots of conversations with people about, you know, what age would you, you know, would you choose to get on the f- front foot with introducing your kids to alcohol mm. or would mm. you try and, you know, keep them uh, away Completely from it. I, away I, from I, it. Yeah, I feel like our generation as a whole is probably far more uh, interested in going down the line of educate and introduce people to it at an age where you think it's appropriate. But mm. Mm. yeah, I mean, maybe when it comes down to it, actually, alcohol's been around for a long time. A long time, <laughs> like centuries. This, yeah. this concept of you know beverage and liquid that that produces you know these these effects on our and our brains and our and our bodies and our minds they've been around for a long time so actually maybe our generation isn't special and we're just part in of the, the same yeah, yeah we're just in the loop the same cycle and it goes on and on but yeah but yeah what i can say for sure is the uh the moa brewing station ipa is a pretty good drop yeah I, I would <laughs> consider having a second one and yeah and maybe i will i don't know well yeah. i mean do you see yourself moving away from max anytime soon have you tried the whole range and you're sure that that oh, the one you're clutching at the moment well is you sort of you said three thing. wolves earlier didn't you mm-hmm. my other go-to is a, is a sassy red i love me a red ipa i don't know what it is but that that amber that taste to it a, a sassy red i also really really mm. adore as well do you like stout or anything sort of dark mm-hmm. no nah, me neither bro porters all step no no i can't do it i for some reason once again it's just that like guinness as well it's just that really strong strong bitter taste much like yeah. coffee and, and wine for me i just oh my palate just can't do it i can't i stay away from them. i can't do it i mean two years time maybe we'll be looking back and ha- thinking oh yeah lager I we mean, never know i did i did write down my sort of i titled it booze development timeline 2014 uh spirits rcds moved into 2015 sort of cheap 12 pack beer shout out to oranya boom great oh, price point oranya boom, i know you i know so you, oranya good. boom 
2015 brought in tequila 2016 sort of moved into craft beer and wine seven 2017 craft beer continued 2018 2019 kind of a step back into the whole uk pints cheap as chips well not cheap as chips even the chips aren't cheap even the- <laughs> um you can tell i love pub culture yeah, and yeah in 2020 yeah, yeah, yeah. i kind of find myself in a mainly beer a bit of wine but but open to possibilities Oh, I'm still searching. I'm still, you know, whenever because I love craft beer, as we've as we've you know talked about. Yeah. Being in Wellington, I loved it, but being up here in Auckland, I really am trying to find um, these new places and stuff like that where I can start discovering new craft beer up here and things. So yeah, yeah, I, I love I love going to new places and discovering drinks I haven't tried before, but I know which ones I will definitely stay away from. Well, I mean. It may not be too long until until Matt and I have a beer together Ooh. in person. That's a little, just a little tidbit. We couldn't yeah. possibly say anything on the subject, but oh, we're hoping to knows? have something something exciting coming up soon. A little, little extra side project, and while we're separated at the moment, um, it may not be too long until we're together again yes. for a short time. Short time. A short time. But something's better than nothing. Something's better than nothing, and you know what? I've got to say, how good is a tropical citrus fruit with a medium malt body? <laughs> Scrumptious. Hey, I just, you know what? Another job that I think I could do is being the person that describes wine and beer flavor profiles. Someone sitting out there just having an absolute ball, getting paid, what I presume is an okay living to mm. describe, just label label fruits and flavors to beer and wine. That, that that would be fun. I always like those those people when they come on cooking shows or in movies and stuff like that. Because you're right, I think it would be pretty dope. I mean, I I wouldn't know the first thing about talking about wine, but I think it'd be pretty dope doing it. Your your wine tasting, Joel, would just be taste like wine, don't enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> taste like wine, not for me. This is a red. It's got yeah. some smokiness to it. Enjoy. Had one sip didn't enjoy didn't enjoy four out of ten didn't enjoy (laughs) keep matt away from the wine industry everyone (laughs) and on that note i'm gonna have a final sip Mm, i'm with you thank you everyone for listening in um thank you to everyone that's got behind us on our uh, social media profiles which we launched this week yes thank Um, you super stoked to have uh direct ways of of putting you in contact with with what we're doing and we're trying to keep keep this chill and mellow but you know keep keep building and and yeah just trying to keep producing content and so thank you everyone that's been been listening and liking our posts and and for the people that have been getting in touch and sharing their thoughts on what we're talking about thank you so much we love hearing from you agreed agreed yeah no thank you so much for the support and once again james thank you so much um you, for, for the time that we have together man and for everyone just listening to us thank you we'll see you next time peace